0: Hello and welcome to another edition of All Things Leadership. I have with me my very good friend, Buddy Aldridge, who joins us a second time uh, from Australia. Buddy and I had, uh, if you missed last, uh, the edition, you need to go listen to it. We had a really great time talking about uh, leadership and and we're going to be looking at leadership from another perspective and this time communication. Uh, Buddy's journey as a father, grandfather, a lawyer, coach, facilitator has taken him across the world. Diving deep into traditional teachings and contemporary leadership development, uh, Buddy. Although is a, a keynote speaker, uh, he's a he's a mentor, he's a coach. He uh, speaks primarily uh, with men. He also hosts the True Freedom podcast, where he talks about beliefs, relationships, parenting, money, and leadership. So, I am pleased to welcome Buddy into uh, to this edition of the podcast. Buddy, welcome back, my friend.
1: Fantastic. Thanks, Fred. Yeah, so lovely to be here and keep diving deeper into these wonderful topics.
0: Absolutely. So what have you been up to since we last spoke, Buddy? I know you've been traveling, doing some conferencing. Can you tell us a little bit of what you've been up to lately?
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you. It's such a delight, you know, and as you mentioned, I work in the leadership space, uh, you know, privately owned business owners and leaders in corporate, and I work a lot with the men. So for me, I've been traveling the world and running retreats, uh running workshops and basically seeing more and more men in leadership who are who are really wanting to understand some of the key pillars, yep, yeah, to being a man and being a leader. And apart from those topics you mentioned, you know, the three legs of the stool for the masculine are presence, purpose, and passion. Mm. Yeah. And that's the foundation of what I teach. The practices I teach are how to get leaders more present embodied presence more in their body more in the moment how to be clear and aligned with their purpose and then how to bring passion to all of their life yeah their families their children their business and what i know is if you can cultivate those three then you're going a long way to living a fulfilled life and and reaching your potential
0: yeah and i know we touched on that quite a bit in our last um in our last discussion here but I, I don't think we asked this question. Uh, I, well, I don't think I asked you uh, this question, buddy, but why, what, what, why, why leadership? Why? I mean, you and I share um, this, this passion for, for leadership, which is why I feel like we, we connect very well on this topic, but uh, why, why leadership? I mean, you, you left your uh, successful law practice and decided to do this where well, you're, you're teaching leadership principles
1: amongst other things. Why is leadership so important um, these days? Yeah, great question. And for me, the definition, the simple definition of leadership is influence. Mm-hmm. And again, we touched on it in the last podcast. So in organisations, there's formal leadership, there's the CEO, the managing director, and there's informal leadership. You know, everyone in an organisation essentially is influencing the system. And the three keys to leadership, as we've mentioned, is self-leadership, relational leadership, and systemic leadership or organizational leadership and that applies in sporting teams that applies in our families that applies in our businesses and so for me the passion for me having you know been a successful attorney selling my legal practice and traveling the world coaching leadership teams coaching leaders what i realized is that all of us all of your listeners fundamentally if we're living a purpose led life if we're leading a leading a life of growth and wanting to be the best version of ourselves we all have a, a essentially a system that we can influence Yeah, we have an audience that we can influence and for me out of my own personal journey as a father and a grandfather an attorney running a business i just found that there were a lot of leaders who We're really wanting to hear what I had to say through my lived experience. Mm -hmm. And I believe leadership, I believe business is a force for good. You know, my personal belief is if we're going to transform the planet, if we're going to raise the consciousness of the planet, we're going to move from a fear-based paradigm to a love-based paradigm. I think business has a huge role to play, and I think leaders in business and in community is such an important place to shift that paradigm.
0: Yeah, I, I love that moving from that fear based to a love based, and man, we could we could talk about this for hours now. But <laughs> one one of the things that comes to my body is uh, just just looking across the globe, and you can see leadership under attack, right? Whether it's in you know politics or or, or government or or in the corporate world or you know even in the family, right? I, I see uh, some of the or many of the leadership principles um, eroding where people don't seem to care these days about about leadership about what they say which we're going to touch on here in a minute on communication but do, do you share the same view is leadership under attack in your opinion and if so if, if so how
1: yeah again and working with my clients on the one hand if you look at how you consume information if we're consuming information through the mainstream media if we're consuming it through the, you know, collective conversation out there, the doom and gloom, the fear paradigm, then you could gather a lot of evidence. Yeah, and it's pretty clear that our political system, our business system, yet some of the leaders there are definitely coming from fear. Mm. What I notice in my travels and the conversations I have is that we're having this incredible upsurge of a different type of leadership. Yeah. And if you look at the paradigm shifts, if you think about the agricultural revolution, then we had the industrial revolution, then we had the information technology yeah. revolution, which we're right in at the moment yeah. with you know Google and Facebook. We're actually moving, Fred, I believe, into the consciousness revolution. Mm-hmm. The biggest currency in your business is the consciousness and awareness of your leadership. Yep, and your leadership team. What I see globally is incredible young leaders who are really not agreeing with the fear-based paradigm. Mm. You know, the fastest business growth in the USA are young women and a lot of young black women Yep, who are setting up their own businesses, making an impact. It's really exciting. In the UK, where I spend a lot of time, yep, they can't keep up with the B Corp movement. Yeah, so the B Corp movement globally are organizations that are set up for purpose planet people then profit mm-hmm. and the applications are just streaming in so I'm excited particularly working with leaders who are now in their mid to late 40s who are suddenly saying we have the influence now and a lot of leaders perhaps my generation who grew up in the fear-based paradigm are stepping back retiring and so I'm actually excited, even though there is a lot of evidence to show that the old system, the patriarchy, is coll- it has to collapse. It has to collapse for something new to birth and the consciousness. And we know this with staff attraction and staff retention you know, and staff engagement. We know that if you build a culture yeah, that's based on authenticity that can absolutely give people purpose, yeah, then you will attract and keep the best people
0: love that i mean that that that's encouraging to hear right that it's not it's not all doom and gloom and it's not it's not all the negative stuff right there was a new movement there was a new revolution like you rightly said which is moving helping retire the fear-based leadership right and bring on the the lab-based leadership right that's that's really encouraging to hear Yeah,
1: yeah yeah and the biggest thing i noticed and we'll talk about communication i work a lot in leadership with the masculine and feminine energies again which is another whole conversation which as you know, isn't based on gender, yeah. And the two keys to to effective leadership are connection and direction. And connection is our feminine energy. The feminine in us, the energy, and the neuroscience is really clear. The feminine works in collaboration. The feminine works in consultation. it's about complexity it's about community that connection we know that teams when i work with staff in organizations they want to be connected to their line manager they want to be connected to the organization's purpose if you can cultivate connection which is very much the key driver of our feminine energy and then direction people just want clarity of direction which is the masculine energy which is all about agency it's all about autonomy it's all about accountability yeah, and so if you can harness that in yourself, if you can harness a culture as a leader with that, what I'm seeing is incredible, incredible change in organisations just with that level of awareness. That's I, I love that.
0: I love the distinction there uh, with with a the connection there and the, and the direction. Buddy, is it is it possible to have both, right? Or, or, or in other words, how do we find that balance between? Um you know, knowing knowing when to flex right because you can't be one extreme or the other right I feel like for this to be to be effective, you have to know when to deploy each right how do you how do you deploy or how do you ensure that there is a balance between that that connection and and that direction that you mentioned?
1: Yeah, it's interesting as we lead more into communication, you know we know the most effective leaders can balance empathy with competency. yeah. And it starts with the relationships as we know every organization well whether you're selling widgets or whether you're selling professional services is all about the people mm-hmm. and and so my belief is if you can build the foundation of relationship connection through relationship honesty integrity all of the values that people espouse you know, and then be really clear that we are here to run a business we are here to be profitable mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about communication because relationships really, really, really simple, Fred. Communicate your expectations and have them met. Mm. The challenge is our expectations are changing all the time and we don't communicate it. And most of the uh, junior leaders I work with say the goalposts are moving so quickly, but no one's telling me. So you can balance it. It is the self-awareness piece first. I love that, and
0: and and leading up to it, um, as as easy as it seems to be, we all we all engage in it. We all we all say something because we think we have something to say because we think we have an audience. Um, but why is communication, body really such a such a complex thing? And we, why, why do we miss it? Right? You cited the example there about um, uh, leaders saying, you know, the goalpost is always changing. No one's telling me, right? What why why are we missing it when it comes to communication with it?
1: Yeah, the first thing, and, you know, when I work with leaders and leadership teams, it kind of um, challenges them a little bit because when most people hear the word communication and relationship, they automatically think it's with another person. But the key is the communication and relationship you have with yourself. Hmm. We have 80,000 thoughts a day, most of them are negative. The not good enough, the thinking mind is in overload. We're talking to ourselves, the inner critic, the not good enough, I'm not enough, is is so busy. That's why I teach presence because if you don't get present, your thinking mind, your subconscious mind is running the show. You're not going to be as an effective leader. Mm. And your relationship with self, the most powerful communication tool and relationship tool you have with yourself are your emotions. Mm. Your emotions are giving you information. And it's important to remember that you choose how you feel. Nothing externally can make you feel something. Even though that's challenging for people, fundamentally we give meaning to the world in each moment. We're processing the world. Yep, the external world is meaningless until, until we filter it and give meaning. And so if you can master... The communication and relationship you have with yourself by being present by slowing down that inner critic yeah by being emotionally mature emotionally regulated you're a long way to being effective with relate you know relational ability you yeah? know communication and relationship with other so i think that's one of the fundamentals and the studies are clear yeah your external success in life your external success as a leader is directly correlated with your internal practice if you don't put time aside each day to create a deeper relationship with yourself through reflection through contemplation through meditation through prayer through journaling yeah whatever works for you if you're not investing in that because you think you're too busy you're missing a trick mm. All all of the studies are clear. The most effective leaders have at least a daily reflective practice, yet they get to know themselves. How did I show up in that meeting? How do I want to show up today? How come I got triggered by that person? How come I'm living in so much fear? Whatever the inquiry might be.
0: Hmm. This is such a deep uh, and rich perspective here, Uh, something that we often don't hear when it comes to uh, communication. But... I, I, I want I want to touch on that a little bit uh, uh buddy because I think you're bringing up this 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 key concept here that I feel like we all need to really uh hone in on how what what is the impact if I'm not if I'm a leader or not I'm not taking time to to go through this process to silence that that inner critic right to making sure that um I'm aligned right, with, with all the right things, thoughts, mindsets, and all that. How how easy is that for me to translate that into leading my team?
1: If you do do it or if you don't do it.
0: If you don't, right? If you're not going through yeah. the and Yeah. What's the impact yeah. on,
1: on, 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 a, on a team? Yeah. What I observe, and I may have used the example on the previous podcast, is if you think about two woodchoppers who arrive at the forest mm-hmm. in the morning and they're there to chop down the plantation regrowth trees, Yeah, all very environmentally appropriate, um, and they've both got a sharp axe. And one of them just starts chopping. There's a lot of trees. I've got to get it through this. I've got a really busy day. Chop, 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 chop. And the person next to him, every hour he stops, yeah, has a drink of water, does some stretches, sharpens his axe. Who do you think is going to chop more trees down for you? as a person who takes time to to sharpen the axe exactly but we've been sold the former we live in a do-do world we live in the basis that i've got to do more to have more yeah it's the be do have model which a lot of our listeners would be familiar with yeah we've got to do 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 so most people have been sold yeah the concept i don't have time to sharpen my axe i don't have time to have a deeper relationship with myself. Have you seen my to-do list? Have you seen my kids and the drop-off in the morning? Have you seen, have you seen, have you seen? And they very much affect of the external world. They're the victims of the external world. It's happening to me, my boss, Yep. Yeah, the government, whatever it might be. And so when you don't sharpen your axe, yep, yeah, 90 to 95% of your day is your subconscious mind. We know this. So what leaders who don't sharpen their acts are doing is literally they're having the same thoughts they had the day before. Yeah, And remember, all our fears and worry live in the past or projected into the future. They're not present. They're running around. They're not good enough, the inner critic. They're judging. They're blaming. They're persecuting. They're rescuing. They're playing the victim. They're bouncing around. They're not present. 70% of communication is mopping up miscommunication. Hmm. You're not sharpening your axe. You're busy, chop, 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 chop. You know those emails, spread that go around the office that no one actually sat down and clearly communicated? Mm. The time wasted with miscommunication through email, through lack of being present, and the energy without the emotional awareness of feeling judged yeah, or feeling blame. It's incredible, the impact, you know, and more and more we're measuring it. Sometimes when I work with clients, you know, what I say to them, because this question comes up sometimes, it's like, I don't have time to reflect. I don't have time to develop a personal practice. And, you know, what I say to them, particularly some of the business owners, is if we look at last year, you know, how many times did you buy a software package and not implement it? And it's like, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> how many times last year, yep. Yeah, for some of my clients, did you get a call from the school that your 14-year-old boy is misbehaving and you had to take a day off? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. How many times did you find that your team yep, didn't deliver on time or the outcome you expected? It's like, oh, yeah. Like if we put a dollar value to all of that, people can see the amount of actual money that they're either losing or wasting because they're not being present sharpening their act then acts they're not effectively communicating
0: i love that I, I love that so much buddy yeah, you're 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 really breaking this down in a way that makes it very uh relatable and you know you, you talked about the um uh the, the technology the information technology and we're information overload right i mean it's it's quite an understatement here if i say we're sometimes you know the the emails, the the text messages, and keeping up with with all of this competing priorities, right? With the phone calls, with the meetings, and all of that, and we're running ourselves ragged, right? Chasing, you know, moving from from one thing to the end. How can we? What are some of the practical ways, right? Can we can we take time to, um, to to, to sharpen that axe, right? Without without feeling like we're we're missing out on. Oh, take taking a time I, I i do a lot of work um with executive coaches and maybe maybe this is another topic that we we talk about a little bit right and 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 you see that right uh executives who were uh you know spending you know 12 14 hour days in the office right and and uh and, and just competing chasing all those competing priorities and all of that and, and 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 i know there's work to be done in all of that but how how can can leaders or how can executives find that balance without feeling like they're 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 missing out, right? On I mean, yeah, really just yeah. taking time to slow down to sharpen that axis, is what I'm trying to get to. here.
1: yeah, exactly. And and the fundamental thing is that most of us are living in fear. Yeah, and the fear is the fundamental fear is I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable and valuable. So if that's your driver. And the way this plays out, Fred, is a classic going back to that framework I mentioned before and for the listeners just to reflect and the way most people live their lives is when I have, so think about it. When I have $50 million, yeah, then I'm going to do what I really want to do mm-hmm. and then I'm going to be, how are you going to be then, Fred? When you got $50 million, you're doing whatever you choose, how are you going to be then? what would you say if you if for yourself you're going to be happy going to be peaceful going to be free yeah and most of us are living our life that way when i have the money when i have more time then i'm going to do what i really want to do then i'm going to be happy peaceful free whatever it is so the fundamental thing to answer your question is you've got to flip the filter and realize you get to choose to be happy today to be peaceful today, yeah? to be free today and do what supports that and stop doing what doesn't support that. Yeah, Because a lot of people think, oh, just be happy and I'll sit on the beach. The truth is we're gregarious people. If you choose to be happy and peaceful and do what supports that, the have will follow. The money will follow. The time will follow. The relationship will follow. You've got to flip it you know one of the things I say to my clients is a lot of people say do what brings you joy Mm. what I say is bring joy to what you do Mm. you get to choose guys and I know this is tricky when you're in the middle of a mortgage and children and your career and corporate life yet if you can fundamentally realize that you're chasing something you're never going to get if you think it's external the money the time the career the promotion one of the things I do with um with clients is yep yeah, I often get them to devine, define success. And the first cut people write down what success means is what I call resume success. I want to get promotion, I want to get bigger income, I want to get a bigger house, whatever it might be. Then I get them to define what I what I call or another coach I know calls eulogy success. Hmm. In your eulogy, what would you want people to say about you? And what we know is it's all about the relationships. People don't remember what you say. They don't remember what you do, but they remember how they feel when they're with you. And so if you can kind of just reflect on that, and then the real tool, and I've just done a podcast on it in True Freedom, is the difference between commitment and sitting on the fence? Mm. Most people don't commit to something. Don't commit to a daily reflection. Yeah, and you've sent it for yourself, Fred. You know the difference. What's it feel like for you, Fred? Energetically, emotionally, intellectually, when you commit to something? What's it? What does What does it feel like to you when you absolutely commit?
0: You have a sense of purpose, right? You have a sense of purpose and knowing that you're 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 making a difference, right? You you this this I guess that's 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 how I I, I define it.
1: Yep. Yep. Commitment means I choose to have no more choice. I'm all in. Yeah. It's like all of the sitting on the fence goes away. Yeah. And that's what I see. And that's when I work with clients, H- help them make a commitment. Mm. Make a commitment to your reflective practice. Everything will change. Mm. But What's it feel like, Fred, when you sit on the fence around something? You had that experience where you're sitting on the fence. I'd like to, I'd like to lose weight, but I haven't really committed. Or how does that feel for you, Fred? There is no,
0: there is no sense of accomplishment. You're, you're It's, it's really just it's something you want to do, but you, not, you, not, you don't get to do it. And you know, every time, every moment that takes by, you feel like you're, you're, you. Helpless, right and hopeless right i want to do it again
1: right i just <laughs> exactly yeah. It's, yeah. it's 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 there's no freedom there it's exhausting it's yeah. like i'm not i'm not in yep I'm, I'm half in here half in there and so to answer your question when you realize yeah that you get to choose your state of being your happiness in this moment And make a commitment to that and make a commitment to your daily reflective practice. Whatever that looks like, everything will change. Yeah, yeah, love it. And it doesn't mean we don't hit the obstacles. It doesn't mean we don't hit the challenges. But with the toolkit, you know, the obstacles aren't in the way. The obstacles are the way. Yeah, if you look at any successful entrepreneur, any successful leader, listen to podcasts around the world, yeah, and people will go, the way I got here was I was committed to my vision and I dealt with the obstacles. And that's in all of us. All of us have our superpowers. All of us have our magnificence. And if you commit to that, yep. then the obstacles, the challenges, the fears are just there to help you grow, help you learn something more about yourself. Yeah. Remember, change comes from inspiration or desperation. Yeah. You can be inspired. Mm-hmm. yet yeah, For some people, it, you know, they have to get sick or they have to lose a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it and discomfort is where growth is. As mm. you know, as adults, the only way we get to grow and learn is to lean into the edge of our comfort zone. Mm. You can't sit in your comfort zone, you know, definition of insanity, yeah, is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. Mm. If the listeners want to be more effective as leaders, you got to do something different. Yeah. And there are, there are lots of tools, but I think the fundamental tool is that ability to spend more time getting to know yourself letting go of those inner critic thoughts, becoming yeah. more emotionally aware. Yeah. I, I just think it's a game changer.
0: Yeah, totally agree. What role then, uh, body does uh, um, emotional intelligence play when it comes to communication? Right, you hear people say, well, I'm just going to say it because it's how I feel like it. And and we yeah. end up destroying relationships. We end up destroying so many things because we're not as intentional um, about what, what we say. Should we be intentional? And if so, how do we go about that?
1: yeah beautiful beautiful question yeah so remember the key is your relationship with yourself and the most important tool you have is your how you feel in each moment and again we've been taught certain things which may or may not be true yet for me the first thing we were taught is that some emotions are good and some emotions are bad and as soon as you go into that judgment my anger my sadness is bad you're judging your feeling. You're judging yourself. You'll go back into the not good enough. It's absolutely okay to feel your anger. It's never okay to dump it on somebody else. Hmm. But because as little people, we've been told it's bad, it's wrong, we repress, suppress, Yep. Yeah, and then we're driving to work. Someone cuts us off in the traffic and yeah. we feel like taking their head off. Yeah, yeah. pent-up anger that we haven't dealt with. We haven't moved. Yeah and so uh you know one of the things i do is help high school students and when i work with the young men i teach them you're going to get angry you're going to get angry with your teachers you're going to get angry with your parents you've got to learn how to move it remember emotion emotion is just energy is energy in motion it just wants to move so i teach them to go for a run to hit the punching bag to go to the beach and have a scream whatever they need to do to move that emotion So the first thing to emotional maturity and self-regulation, one is to let go of the judgment, and two is to take responsibility to move that energy. Particularly if you haven't done any feelings release work, you know, some of us 20, 30, 40 years old, we've got all of the pain from our childhood. We've got all of the grief from losing our dog, our pets. Yeah, we've got all the fear of stepping out of our comfort zone, but we've never regulated it, we've never moved it, yeah? And so... They, they are two fundamental. There's some great literature, obviously, around emotional intelligence, emotional awareness, but what I see is those two are just game changers again yeah. because we let go of the judgment and realise it's there for a reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Giving you information and then learn how to move it. And what happens? You become much more effective in your relationships, because what happens is you realize no one can make me feel anything. Ooh. If so, you know the example I use, Freddie, is you're driving to work one day, you're running late, you've got a really important meeting and someone cuts you off in the traffic. How do you feel? Frustrated, angry, yep, it's like why did you do that? Two days later, yep, you're driving to work, you've had a nice coffee, you've done your yoga, you've caught up with your, your partner, Yep, someone cuts you off in their traffic. It's like, no problems, you go for it.
0: Yeah.
1: Nothing has changed externally, but you have a totally different emotional response. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because
1: you choose. You choose. And so, again, if you're moving your emotions, yep, and somebody's behaving inappropriately in the office, someone's not meeting expectations, instead of going into the fear paradigm, the blame paradigm, yep, you've you you made me feel angry, going into the drama triangle, the persecutor, the rescuer, the victim. It's about coming back, taking responsibility for your emotions, and learning how to effectively communicate your expectations. Yeah. Without the heat, without the judgment, without the energy, it's just simply, this doesn't work for me. If you say you're going to do the document by five pm, I expect you to do it by five pm. If you can't do it by five pm, I expect you to come and tell me why. That's all. It's yeah. just an expectation. If you can't do that consistently, we may need to have a chat about your role. Yeah. It, I mean, it sounds simple. <laughs> it is simple in a way. It's not always easy. Does that make sense? Yeah, Absolutely does. Absolutely. Yeah. Has.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is so good. I, I know we're 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 coming up uh, here on time, and it's, <laughs> this is why I love I love our discussions, and we're you know we're we're probably gonna you know. You'll do like a, another another take. When your schedule permits, of course, you, you're going to become yeah. one of our regular guests uh, on this on this program because we we can go so many different directions. But this is really so good. But I, as as we wrap up here, uh, and I, I'm not I don't have the stats to prove it here. We're we're in an era, and this I was talking to uh, some folks at work the other day about about the the, the, the prevalence of of mental health. Right? It, it's such a it's such a uh, growing up I, we didn't hear a lot of this um at least where I grew up in but I feel like now in this present age there's there's a lot in this present day there's a there's a lot of that and you know I don't want to discount it because I, I know it's real and I wonder how much of this any emotional um you know impact that that yep. you know that spills over into in, into some of this any any insights buddy as we any insights you want to touch on this really quickly before we wrap
1: up here? yeah thank you it's it's you know, it's such a such an important topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I know is this that every issue in a business and every issue in a relationship will come down to an emotion that isn't expressed. Mm. And our mental health is a direct correlation to our emotional health. Yeah. So for the empaths in the in in the listening audience, yeah, people who are naturally empaths sensitive. Yep. They haven't been taught how to set boundaries. They haven't been taught how to not pick up everybody's energy in the workplace, in their family of origin. Yep. And what happens is they're picking up this energy. They're not moving their emotional energy and it creates. Yep. This anxiety, this imbalance. Depression isn't an emotion. Depression is years and years of repression and suppression of emotions Mm. that turns into a biological imbalance, a chemical imbalance that we call depression. Think about depression. And what we know in traditional cultures, in Hindu culture, they work on the heart chakra. In the Chinese culture, they work on the liver. We know we store repressed emotions physically. Yeah. And the Western medicine, it's, you know, the antidepressants has its place. Yet if you want to move through depression, yeah, it's about feelings release. You've got to realize the body-mind correlation. You know, a lot of the studies around psychological safety in the workplace, it's emotional safety. That's important as well. So I believe, and, if, you know, just to close the loop, anxiety, so fear, again, 80,000 thoughts a day, most of them are negative. Yeah. And most of it is projecting into the future. Yep. Yeah, or worrying about the past. Again, that's why I teach people how to be present. 10 minutes a day of practice, you can start getting present in the moment. Yeah. Because fear, F E A R, is false expectations appearing real. And a lot of people, we know now, you know, we know with our brain, we know with our nervous system, we're living in this hypervigilant fight, flight, freeze. Yep. Yeah, but what's happening is this fear and anxiety is all projection in the future. Just to give you an example, Fred, I had a client who used to worry a lot, and I asked him to write down everything he worried about every day. Yep. Yeah, just for a month. And so he wrote down every day on a piece of paper, 20 or 5, 25, 30 things that popped up and just put it in a folder. And at the end of the month, he opened the folder and he looked at all these things he'd been worrying about. Not one of them happened. But all of that projection in the future, all of that emotional fear, repression, yep, yeah, that's where the anxiety comes. That's where the depression comes. That's a fundamental source of our mental illness. Now, we could talk about trauma, which is another conversation. Yet, you know, primarily, can you see the correlation there as to what's absolutely, occurring with our mental illness? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. yeah.
0: This is, this is, this is so good. This is so good, but we got to wrap up here because I got to be respectful of your time here, but <laughs> thank you so much, buddy, for uh, just, just the nuggets of wisdom here, which, you know, I, 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 I get to do the asking, I get to do the hosting, but there's a lot here that, that I am learning. And I trust that you, are listeners too, are learning a lot, right? I mean, as a leader, I mean, even if you're not wearing that leadership hat, right? These are, these are nuggets here that I I believe that um, anyone can benefit from right from talking about leadership being influenced from you know uh, from being present from um, you know just the, the connection and the direction and the communication piece. I mean, there's lots of nuggets here. And if if you're if this is really helpful, if you're if you're if you're really enjoying this, I, I want you to check out. Um, uh Bodhi's website he has a lot of resources there as well. Um it's BodhiAldridge.com and I'll make sure that this is captured in the show notes. Lots of resources there that uh you can you can leverage here to help grow your your, your leadership whether it's your relationship parenting or wherever uh area you may be a leader in. Uh but definitely check out check out that resource and um check out his podcast as well. He his podcast is, is true freedom. Um uh, take some time and, uh, and check it out and, and see what nuggets there you, you might be able to pick up. But, buddy, thanks again for coming on this podcast and for sharing your wisdom and your, and your insights with us. This is really beneficial. And, uh, and I trust that your listeners um, have been blessed, if I can put it that way, as much as I have been. But until next time, when we come your way again, um, stay tuned and stay well.
1: Thank you, Fred. Yes. Thank you to all the listeners.